in the gospel reading for today, which is also the sermon text, we hear about Jesus healing Simon's mother-in-law and others who were sick with diseases and casting demons out of others. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. And immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to Jesus all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him, who were with him, searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the gospel of the Lord. I have been involved in healing ministry in the church for about 25 years. I believe that, that since Jesus Christ came with the ministry of preaching, teaching, and healing, any congregation that wants to be in the spirit of Jesus Christ has got to have three ministries, a ministry of preaching, a ministry of teaching, and a ministry of healing. And so this service this morning, this service of healing, continues for me in that tradition, a service of healing. I want to begin by telling you about a revelation that I had recently, a revelation about myself and a revelation about my, my inclusion, my being part of a healing ministry. For many years, I've had ministry in, in the church and in, the, in hospitals, and I've often been frustrated because I didn't see a lot happening in the healings. I didn't see a lot of people healed. And so I began several years ago to pray for the spiritual gift of healing. Because St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 lists a number of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to people like you and me. And one of those gifts is the gift of healing. And so I've been praying for several years for this gift. If God would just give me this gift of healing to use in the church and to use in hospitals. Now, the revelation I had, and it's my revelation, so if I tell you if it's from God, it's from God, okay? The revelation I had is about why I was asking for that gift. I was asking for that gift because I had come to the conclusion in my heart that God wasn't doing enough. I wasn't seeing enough results. And that God needed help. And that if he would give me this gift, then I could, I could help him in the healing ministry. And what was wrong with that 
is that it was a judgment on God. I was passing judgment on God. He was not doing enough. You remember I talked last week about temptation. How temptation comes to us at our weakest point. And here Satan found in me a weakness. My frustration with the slowness of God's healing of those people for whom I prayed. I didn't know what God's healing batting average was, but I decided that if he would give me the gift of healing, I could raise his average. And it turns out that that prayer was a prayer of faithlessness. It was a prayer that came from lack of trust in God because you cannot judge our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father works at his own speed. He doesn't need me to tell him what to do. And so I don't pray for the gift of healing anymore. I wasn't given it. I probably will never be given it, and that's fine. But I do pray for healing because I believe in the kingdom of God. God wants his people well. Jesus came preaching, teaching, and healing. And we heard in the gospel today about they brought people to Jesus and he healed many diseases and he cast out many demons. God wants us well. I, uh, I've done a lot of reading about, about healing. And I have this book called by Leslie Weatherhood called Psychology, Religion, and Healing. It, it, this tells you how times have changed. This book cost $1.75. And one of the things Pastor Weather had noticed was that Jesus, Jesus had a connection with people. Jesus connected with people in a very, very special way. The Gospel of John says that Jesus knew what was in people's hearts. He had a connection with them, kind of like, kind of like, like ESP. And that was part of the power, part of the way that Jesus could bring healing. When we lived in Iowa, I got a feeling one day that I needed to drive to Council Bluffs to go see someone in the hospital. Now, that was about an hour, an hour and a half drive, and it didn't make any sense to go there because I just had this feeling to go. But I went. When I got to the hospital, I walked in the room and people said, oh, Pastor, we're so glad you're here because we were just saying we wish you were here. And I was there. Now, how did that happen? There was some kind of a connection that we were connected at, at that time. Anybody have experiences like that? Don't, don't be afraid. Yeah, I see one. We all have that. I see two. I see three. See that? It happens, I see four. See, it happens. We are, we're connected, but we're not perfectly connected. But, but have you ever seen a flock of birds fly and turn right? But thousands of birds, they just go this way and they go that way. And the marvelous thing is they never hit each other. They never bump into each other. How do they do that? It's as if it's just one bird controlled by one mind. But they're connected in some way. And fish do that. 
and zebras do that. All the animals running around on the plains, they can do that. Now you imagine a thousand people running at full speed and tell them to turn right. <laughs> See? There'll be a major crash. Because we're not connected that way. But there is in nature this connection between beings. And I believe Jesus, Jesus had that. In 1980, Val's mother passed away. And I had volunteered to preach the funeral sermon for her, mo for her mother. And uh, we got to the little church in Stover, Missouri. And I sat down in front of the church. The service started. And as it got time to preach, I was overcome with a sense of dread and weakness. And I sat there in front of the church and I said, I can't do this. I just cannot do this. Why did I volunteer to do this? I can't. And I wanted to run away. But I couldn't. So the time came for the sermon, and I went up into the pulpit, and all of a sudden, I got this sense of, of peace and calm and I shared the thoughts I had about this wonderful woman that I knew as my mother-in-law. When I sat down, I was exhausted. Several weeks later, I was telling this story to some friends from Peace, a Peace Lutheran Church, and one of the ladies said, when did that happen? What day? What time? And we figured out the day, it was Pat Smith. We figured out the day, we figured out the time, and she said, on that day, at that time, I was sitting at my desk at the Walmart general offices, and all of a sudden you came to mind, she said to me, and you were in danger, you were in trouble, you were under stress. And so I put my work down at my desk, and I prayed for you, and I prayed for you. And the prayer that was given in Bentonville, Arkansas was answered in Stover, Missouri. Now, how does she know to do that? There is that kind of connection between people that happens from time to time. It's imperfect. But it happens among us. And I have other stories as well. Anyway, I think Jesus had, Jesus had that ability to know what was going on in people, and that was part of the power of his healing. He really knew people. He could get inside of them. So when they let this guy down through the roof, remember that story? They let this guy down through the roof. They tore the top of the roof off. Then they tore the roof off so they could let this guy in because there was a big crowd. So they plop him down in front of Jesus and they want him to, to fix his legs. And Jesus said to the guy, Son, your sins are forgiven. But it's his legs. But it wasn't his legs. It was something up here. He had some kind of guilt or shame and that was tying him up and he couldn't walk. And that happens in medicine. It happens to people all the time, psychosomatic 
medicine, the connection between mind and body. And Jesus knew that this guy had a problem with sin, and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, the religious leaders who were there, they took offense at that, and they said, how can you do that? Only God can forgive sins. And so Jesus said, tell me this. Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or rise, take up your bed, and go home? Which is easier to say? Rise, take up your bed, and go home? Because you don't know for... Uh, no, your sins are forgiven because you don't know if it happened. But if you tell the guy to get up, then you know that it happened. And so Jesus says to him, rise, get up. Rise, walk away. That lady who prayed for me that day at that funeral, she became a channel of God's power. And the channel was established between God and her and me. And God uses those channels. So when we pray for people, we have to keep them in our mind so, so the channel knows where to go. If you're praying, you come forward today and, and ask for prayer for somebody. Please have that person on the screen of your mind. See Jesus standing by that person and placing his hand on that person and bringing healing power. Because we're channels of God's healing power. We're not the, we're, we're the pipe, we're not the water. But water needs a pipe. And I think that's part of how this whole healing thing works. So when you pray for someone, even at home, have that person in the screen of your mind and, and see Jesus there. Be a channel of healing power. Another thing that Pastor Weatherhead says is that the church has always done healing. And when a church does healings, it, it brings three things to healing. It brings oil, uh, it brings prayer, and it brings touch, the laying on of hands. And we have oil here this, this morning. It's not special oil, but it is special oil. This is oil that was distributed to all the pastors in NALC when we were down in Orlando. All the pastors got a little vial of this oil. So it's, it's special in this sense that this kind of oil is being used wherever in the NALC people are being blessed with oil. I'm going to bring some of this oil to the hospital tonight, Lois Graney, today. We have oil, laying on of hands, and prayer. That's what the church has used since the beginning. Listen to this from, from the letter of James. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Then the other side of it, are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. When you're up, you're up, and when you're down, you're down. And then this, are any of among you sick? Uh, those around the church council should take special note of this. 
or any of among you sick, they should call for the elders of the church. Call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So that what we're doing here today is not something new or, or out, of, out of the ballpark. This is what the church has always done. Oil. Prayer and the laying on of hands. This is as traditional as anything in the life of the church. And we do it today. I want to go back to when I was judging God for not doing enough. Because it's certainly true that some people are not healed. At least so that you can see. I had a classmate in seminary. Um, Shortly before we, we graduated and were ordained, he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And uh, he was ordained and went to serve in churches. And by the time he was serving in Kansas City, he was walking bent over with two canes. The people in his church loved him. And whenever a healer came through, had a, rented some big Madison Square Garden kind of thing and had a big healing thing, they would take him there because they loved him. And when he left, nothing happened. And he told me this story the last time I saw him. One of those healing things had come to town and the people in his church said, Pastor, let, let's go there. Let's go there and get you healed. And he said to them, I'm not going. I am healed. I don't have to go. I'm healed. He still walked hunched over. He still walked with two canes. He didn't get the healing he wanted. He got the healing he needed. He was healed. You remember that St. Paul had some kind of a thorn in the flesh. And three times he prayed to God to take it away. And God said, no, no. My strength is all you need. Because my power, God's power, is made perfect in weakness. And that's what I saw in my classmate. God's power was made perfect in his weakness. So when we say that people aren't healed, we don't don't always know what we're talking about. Because healing can be in the heart and in the mind and in faith. And the body is, is irrelevant. But you have to give God a chance. And these services are an opportunity to give God a chance to, to come forward. And if you want to have prayers for yourself or for someone else, please plan to come forward. Now, Beth and I don't have any, you don't have the gift of healing, do you? No. I don't have that. But what we have is oil, 
and hands and prayer, which the church has always used. Come up and kneel. We'll anoint you. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you when you come up. One request, please. Don't, don't, people have given me five people and I've forgotten the first four. Okay? Just one. And make it short. And since I have not had healing in my ears, please speak clearly. If you don't choose to come, please don't wonder what's wrong with that person up there. That's nobody's business but that person's. If you want to do something, pray. Pray for the people that come up. Pray for the power of God to fill our church. Pray for God to work the miracles that he wants to work in the way he wants to work them. If you want to have prayer for you or for someone else right now, please feel free to come forward.